John Doe, you're the hope of the world. Uh, welcome to another episode of Actual Comedy Presents, an actual podcast. I'm Angel Ace. And I'm Erin. And uh, we've got a great show for you today. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to start off with um, a couple of show observations. Um, I've been receiving a lot of feedback from the episodes that we've been doing recently. And uh, it's been mostly positive, a lot of the comments. Um but there's one thing that uh, a lot of people keep saying, uh, and uh, they're, they're focused on the amount of laughter that's coming from me during the podcast. 
as opposed to me? Am I not laughing enough or are you laughing too much? I think they're saying I might be laughing too much or you might be laughing not enough. Oh. So I decided uh, for this one episode, we might try something new. Um, And I'm going to try to do this entire episode with no laughter coming from me. You could laugh as much as you want, but I won't. And then uh, I have my little notebook here, my pen. And every time there's a genuine laughter that comes from me, I'm going to make a little note of it and uh, go back and edit out my laughter for this entire episode. What? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Well, I just want to, you know, people... I, I don't think it's a complaint. It's just like an observation. But I want them to experience what it's like when it's missing (laughs) you're gonna make them want your laughter yeah i think i think that's what i'm gonna go for so we're gonna but you're gonna laugh for me like while we're recording though right yeah what i'll do is uh instead of like laughing into the microphone i'll just go silent you know that face that like little kids make when they're potty training and they're in their diaper they're like in the middle of like having a sentence with somebody and then they'll just like stare like into the into the void. And you're like, what are you doing? And they're like, I'm pooping. <laughs> you're just going to stare into the void every a, time you want to laugh? Every time I, I'm, I feel like a laughter coming on, I'm going to stare into the void for a little bit till it goes away and then we're going to move on. But you can laugh as much as you want. Okay. All right. That sounds like an interesting experiment. Yeah. Um, we're going to try it. Some of the feedback I got was that you have a really great laugh. Uh-huh. So, um, sorry for those of you who said that. <laughs> right, I guess it. fuck you, your opinions. Mark that one down. I got to remove that one. On. <laughs> what time You is barely it? left. You, you, that was more of like a huff. Uh, 25. Okay. All right. So that one's down. I'm going to edit that one out later. So, uh... How about we give this a, like a little dry run before we get to the topics that we got uh, okay. written down for today. Uh, so we're going to start with, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, you answer it however you want, and then you ask me the same question back, okay? All right. And th- this is going to be a hilarious experiment, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, so, Aaron, uh, how was your week this week? Was it My good? My week was stressful. How was your week? Um, I was in a car accident. <laughs> oh man i'm sorry yeah how you feeling after that i don't know i mean does it count as a car accident if the only thing that was like damaged in the accident w- was the person inside yeah it's more like it you just had an accident yeah well, you were in the car, so I guess you could technically call it a car accident since you were in the car when it happened. Yeah. But if you don't collide with somebody else, is it still called an accident? I don't know. So, so let me explain what happened because there's kind of a funny story in the middle of this. But did you ask me to ask you the same question that you asked me so you could tell the car accident story? Well, yeah, I thought it'd be funny to be like, "Hey, I had a great week. I got, uh, I was in a car accident." Oh, but you didn't say that. Did I not say that that way? <laughs> no, not at all. How did I say it? I don't know. You were like, I was in a car accident. And then I laughed. Oh. All right. You want to do it I don't think again? that's funny, though. Oh. I just, it was just the way that, like, I'm, I'm overcompensating with laughter now that I know that you're going to cut out all your laughter. 
Well, there's kind of a funny story that happened in like around the car accident. Okay, let's hear it. So I was driving to work. Okay. And uh, I was on this road, and the lane that I was in, I was all the way in the far right lane, right? And that lane, uh, if you stayed in it, was leading to like a different like road, right? And then the lane to the left of me was staying on the road that we were currently on, right? Okay. So I'm driving, like approaching the part where the the woods diverge in a yellow wood or whatever. The roads diverge. Was that Robert Frost? Where the road splits? Yeah, that thing. And what the uh, fuck are you talking about? The woods diverge. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Okay. You ever hear that? No. Oh. Who's Robert Frost? He's the dude that they based that. Um, was he in the Wu Tang? Mm, no, he's the guy that they based Mr. Freeze off of for the Batman oh. series. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm driving, right? Okay. Getting to where I'm supposed to get be getting to. And there's a guy in the left lane. And we're approaching the part where the road diverges. And I guess the guy was deciding last minute that he needed to get over. There was nobody behind us, by the way. So uh, as I'm turning, the guy decides to cut me off and get in the lane, right? Mm-hmm. So he makes it barely. Uh, I slam on my brakes because if I didn't, I would have ended up in the back of his car, right? So as I'm doing that, slam on the brakes, my face hits my windshield or the visor. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, this hurts. So I start cursing the guy, right? But it's one of those, like, spur-of-the-moment things, like, you know, in the heat of the moment, it just happens, like, you just say whatever. What was the curse? Did you say a specific curse, or were you just like, fuck that guy? No, I was I was angry, and I said, I hope something bad happens to that guy, right? Yeah. So, whatever. I, I start driving again. Uh, as I'm driving, the, I start to feel like a, a little bit of a drip on my forehead, right? Does that count as a laugh? No, I'm going to leave that one in. Uh, I feel a little bit of a drip on my forehead. Um, I look in the rearview mirror, and there's blood dripping from my forehead. Uh, Eat your blood. Eat your blood. So I'm, like, doubly angry now, right? Yeah. So as I'm about to, like, repeat the curse or, like, try to make it a stronger curse. Yeah. I look down the road. The motherfucker's on the side of the road with a flat tire. <laughs> but you got to... Wait, hold on. Does that count as a laugh? Just when you said the motherfucker's on the front... I mean, I don't know. Like, it wasn't an official angel laugh for sure. That's true. Yeah. It's more of like a sigh. A sigh. I mean, if you're going to be really... Um, Acai bull. Acai berry. There you go. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think if you're going to, like, be really strict about it, you Mm. should cut that out. Okay. Like, if you don't want to show any amusement at all this episode. Well, here's the thing, though. I said the, like, when I said flat tire, it came out, like, as part of, like, a a chuckle. Do chuckles count? I mean, what's the difference between a laugh and a chuckle? Mm, Probably, like, more shoulder movement. Right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Is is chuckle more movement or laugh know. is more movement? 
I'm not sure. Because chuckle, it seems like you're chucking your body into movement. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. Well, whatever. Guy had a flat tire. I get to work. I still go to work. And then I uh, clean myself up. I call you. And I said, you should not be driving. Yeah. I'm going to meet you where you are. Yeah. Oh, fuck. We got to cut that one out. Hold on. Nine... I can't believe you're actually going to do this. I'm going to do it. Okay. It's going to take a little bit, but... I think so this be episode good. will be out by, like, what? January of 24? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my car accident story. I'm sorry. I keep meaning to, like, not denigrate that experience for you that's okay i mean it wasn't nothing i think the first thing i asked you was if the car was okay yeah yeah and, and i didn't mean that i i mean i knew that you were calling me so obviously you were okay and yeah, i could yeah. tell by on the phone that you were like coherent yeah yeah so like you know well your point was i still had like a long journey on the way home anyway well yeah that too yeah but i made it everything was good I mean, yeah, so far. Yeah. You may be a little concussed, I think. Maybe. I feel like I'm a little slow on the uptake. Slow on the uptake? On the... Is that... Is that what it is? Is it uptick or uptake? I guess it could be either one, honestly. They're Mm. interchangeable. Yeah. Well, let's go on with our... uh, topics here and uh continue on with these hilarious stories uh this first topic here is about uh tina turner dying (laughs) oh my god like that's for the first time i laughed since she died yeah now i was actually like this one hit you kind of hard this one hit me really hard i think the last celebrity death that hit me this hard was michael jackson really yeah not epstein uh no no i wasn't do you think anybody cried when epstein uh Whatever happened to him, happened to him. When he um, got unalived. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. Somehow he unalived. Yeah. You you just giggled. Write it down. One eleven fifty-five. Um, no, Tina's death. Because here's what happened. I left work like a little after one. After I got done seeing a client. Yeah. And I was like having a really bad headache and I was like, I need to close my eyes for a few minutes. And the moment I woke up, I saw um, a post about it, about her dying. And I was like, no, did I have a horrible headache because I was anticipating the death of Tina Turner? You could have been. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild. I don't know, but I just, it made me really sad. And then every time I would like see little blips about her on the news for a few days, yeah, I was getting like teary eyed. Yeah. I yeah, don't, I it, mean, it was kind of hard. I mean, she was 83. I mean, it's yeah, not like it, it was, but she was an icon though. I yeah. feel like she, she, she's one of the last real icons, I think. Yeah, that's true. Like one of the last people that like, did she ever produce any music? Um, I don't. I mean, I think she per, like was involved in the production of a lot of her own music because she like added her little yeah yeah 
twists to things. I always wonder if, like, these artists, like, once they get to the point where, like, people like them for whatever they're, like, uh, putting out there, like, I wonder if they go, like, all right, I want this person's, like, opinion on, you know, this other song or this backing beat or whatever, you know? I mean, I think they do that, and then they just give each other production credits. I don't know. I mean, I guess we could have looked that up. You think, yeah, but do you think, like, an artist is, an artist's, like, uh, true talent also comes out in, like, producing instead of, like, you know, singing or doing whatever? Um, I think that it's part of it, for sure. Like because, every- like, you have a vision in your brain of how you want someone, something to sound. Yeah. So, like... Sometimes you need to collaborate with other people in order to make that happen. So, like, an example would be, like, how some people try to attribute Sinead O'Connor's success to Prince. Right. Right? And they're like, oh, well, he was so good that he made somebody else good. But, like, she was talented without him. Yeah, it was just that one song that really, like, hit the charts, I think, the most because it was, it was like, you know, if we had someone famous on this podcast yeah you know we would get like millions of listens just because a famous person was on here and you know if we were a shitty podcast you know what i mean like it's still up to her to maintain that yeah level of goodness whether or not he gave her a like a little boost or not but i mean she did her whole documentary without the uh song that he wrote for her or wrote uh, yeah. or whatever so they use like uh although that is that is her best song i think, think so? <laughs> i don't know i think it's the one that i feel the most when she sings it yeah she's really good on there i don't like i can't off the top of my head name too many other Sinead o'connor songs but the yeah. ones that i like if i put on like spotify radio with her on it any song that comes, most of the songs that come through are pretty good. Yeah, they're all good. It's just they're not like catchy. Yeah. So Prince knew how to write a bop. That's for sure. A bop, a de bop. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but Tina let's. Turner. T- Tina, I mean, but I mean, even with her, I think like out of everything she did, well, I think all of her like solo albums are amazing. Mm-hmm. I still think Proud Mary is the best song. Yeah, which Ike Turner tried to take credit for. That This is, like, another example, right? So Ike Turner uh, tried to take credit for, like, basically all the Tina Turner stuff when she first came out. Nah. She was the she was the show. Yeah, she was. He was, like, the... He was the beat, maybe. Yeah. He was the bass. Well, didn't they say he, like, wrote some of the stuff? Did he write the words? I don't think he wrote the words. Or Proud Mary was a song that was written by like another band and then they started Credence? covering it. Yeah. Is that who it was? Yeah. I don't know, but they were, they were covering it, I guess in a different, um, I don't know, fashion. Like they slowed it down, sped it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think it's like a very good song, like composed, well composed song. Yeah. But really, I mean, I, just sang like the bass line in that song. Yeah. What else did he do? Nothing really. Mm, I don't know. What'd you think of that movie? The the Tina Turner movie with, with uh Lawrence Fishburne. And Angela Bassett. And Angela Bassett. You know what? I never saw that. Really? No, I only know that like meme. You know the famous scene of him trying to like 
get her to eat some cake at a diner, right? And he's, like, smacking the crap out of her. Oh, eat the cake anime? Yeah. He called her anime for some reason. Because that's her real name, Anime Bullock. Yeah, but why would they do that in the movie, right? Everybody knows I guess it was Turner. because he was trying to say, like, you're Tina Turner. I'm Ike Turner. You're Tina Turner. Oh. And that's why, like, when she left him, she said, all I want is my name. Yeah. Which is an, that's another weird thing that we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Naming. But, I mean, she took that and made herself, like, the queen of fucking rock and roll. Yeah. But I just think Proud Mary is such a good song. I mean, so he did have a part in that. It doesn't make him not a piece of shit. Well, I feel like uh, a, lo- a lot of her story uh, gets looked over because of the domestic abuse. Which, like, yeah, because they look at her as a victim. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, like, that's an important part of it. And, but I don't think that that was like the catalyst of her talent. I think that was always there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that it's was kind of like disrespectful to be like, oh, well, she only got that way because he beat the shit out of her on a constant basis. You know what I mean? No, no. I think that, uh, I mean, she moved, she renounced her U.S. citizenship and moved to Switzerland. Oh, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And I think it was really kind of over that movie in the way that they kind of like, romanticized her life with Ike and how it was like, you know, the survivor story when like, dude, she was like being kidnapped and held hostage and made to perform. And, you know, that happens to a lot of people, but, um, I think the story is more about what she did after that, that she was pissed that there was so much press on the, the abuse. Mm hmm. That, like, I think that's really a big part of the reason why she left. Yeah. I mean, that that's what pissed me off about, like, all these Whitney Houston documentaries, too. Yeah. It's like, they all start off, like, okay, and then the, like, middle 90% of the movie is about drug abuse. I know. And I know. Like, and it's about outside, from outside people. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, uh, I mean, Tina Turner's wasn't about drug abuse, was it? Mm, I think uh, I think Ike was on that stuff. I mean, but that didn't have any. I don't think she really ever had any. I mean, she, she probably did coke back in the dude, day. Come but on, you seen those videos of her like uh, doing dancing that. around? Yeah, I don't think you could dance around without a little yeah, little pep in your step. She needed a little pep in her step. <laughs> um, Excuse me. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was pretty hard for you, huh? I just felt so sad because she really, like I said, she was like the lo- like one of the last like real icons that was like, you know, kind of made it for herself and did something differently that, yeah, not anybody really had done before. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like she's a, uh, like one of those like, I don't know. She's she's one of a kind. Yeah. Inimitable, if you will. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um. If you could pick a piece of Tina Turner memorabilia to, like, get gifted from, like, her estate, what would it be? It would be, like, one of her dresses or piano or something? Probably piano would be cool. Yeah. As long as somebody could, like, move it to to here. (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, yes, that or, like, a microphone or something that she had. 
Yeah. I think it'd be cool to have one of the... Didn't she have, like... Was, wasn't she one of the first to do, like, the, the diamond-studded microphones? Mm. I mean, a lot of, I know a lot of people did it, but I feel like she was, like, one of the... That might have been uh, Donna Summer first. Or uh, Freddie Mercury, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he had a whole thing, but... Freddie Mercury? Yeah, didn't he have a whole thing with the one microphone that he had that he got all decked out, like a, like a um, conductor's thing? Mm, I don't remember. Maybe it just looked like that to me. I don't know. So sorry. Might have been the tape that they taped it on it. Oh yeah, (laughs) it looked like a magician's wand. I'd like to look through her like wardrobe. Yeah, I feel like I would like like a cool like one of those like iconic like dresses that she wore at like one of these like performances. Or just like one of those like silky robes that you wear around the house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't take it to wear it. I'd take it to be like, damn, this was Tina Turner's. uh, you would get a like a house coat, like a like a like a robe? like a like a feathery like cool robe or something. Over like something that she like wore to like a Grammys or something. Yeah. Because hmm. she wore that once. But you would wear it. I mean, if I needed to invoke the spirit, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. That's why, huh? You know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. There's been a, a lot of uh, things happening with memorabilia lately with different, like, uh, artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just read a story about how uh, this guitar uh, sold for $600,000 at an auction. What? Whose yeah. guitar? Kurt Cobain's guitar. What? Who had it? Well, it's, uh, it's a black Fender Stratocaster. Um and he signed it with this, like, silver uh, ink pen, but he, like, spelled his name wrong, and he misspelled the band name on, on the guitar. Um, and the guitar itself is no longer playable because it was uh, destroyed by Kurt Cobain and then put back together. Uh, but you can't play it anymore. Um, so somebody played, paid $600,000 for that? Yeah. Well, Kurt Cobain's probably rolling in his fucking grave. Yeah, right? Um, it's kind of hilarious though who bought it uh, it doesn't really say but they do say that Nirvana specifically Nirvana memorabilia is increasingly uh, difficult to find uh, because of scarcity and because of how much Kurt destroyed it while he was using it (laughs) so this particular guitar uh, was destroyed while they were working on that Nevermind album Okay. Um, and then they eventually, like, repaired it. Not not to play it again, but just so it looks like a guitar. Um, and then Kurt gifted it to his friend, uh, Mark Lanigan, who's uh, part of this band called The Screaming Trees. Okay. Um, and the signing reads, uh, this is what he wrote on there. He wrote, hell O, like hell and then the apostrophe O. <laughs> Uh, hello, Mark. Love your pal, Kurt. He spelled it uh, K-U-R-D-T. <laughs> uh, Cobain with a K. Uh, sla- uh, washed up rock star. Nice. And then uh, also on the neck plate, uh, there's some words scratched on it that Kurt scratched on it while he was using it. And it said, uh, it says, Boda lives. And uh, that's the name of Kurt's childhood imaginary best friend. Wow. Yeah. 
We should do a search on what, what's Boda. Like, just Google search that word. B-O-D-D-A-H. Yeah. Isn't that like one of those, um, like, Indian thing? Bodhi? Bod- mm. B-O-D- it's spelled almost the same way. Or Buddha? Buddha? Was Kurt Cobain a Jesus or a Buddha? Mm, I think he was anti all that. Yeah, so it was Jesus and Buddha. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. I didn't think about that. That's hilarious, though. $600,000, though. I want to know who got it. Like, it has to be some friggin', like, billionaire tech bro or something. Yeah, definitely. Because who else has that amount of money? And who else would be in the age demographic that would be interested in owning that? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Think it was the guy from Pawn Stars? No, definitely not. What do you do with that, though? You just, like... You just have it? it? I guess. And then eventually, like... I don't know because it, sometimes sometimes I do like rock museums or whatever and mm-hmm. like you know if you you can like leave that kind of shit to museums you, like, rinse it out to the museum or something insure it maybe like yeah hope that nothing happens yeah because if you can insure it for that amount of money then you can borrow against it right yeah 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 so I think that's kind of the point of that shit well I want do you think uh, you can use like a small business loan for memorabilia. I mean, it depends on... I mean, if the business is memorabilia selling, then yeah. Like, it, like if you started a business and you said you're like a jewelry reseller, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have any capital, but you go out and you tell the government or whatever that you want like a, a grant or a loan in order to get some Titanic jewelry, right? <laughs> yeah. And then like what happens like can you sell like one piece of that titanic jewelry and just pay them back and keep the rest like is that fraud like how does that work um like i think that you just have to pay back the like what you borrowed Mm. if you like you know can't write it off in taxes yeah (laughs) or whatever i don't understand how all that shit really works but it's like apparently if you start a business you can just become worth a lot of money all of a sudden hmm I don't know. Do you think Tricks. Any, you think anybody's gotten into like crippling debt because of uh, their memorabilia addiction? Oh, for sure. Really? It's I like mean, it dude. depends. Like, especially on whose memorabilia. If it's like a Taylor Taylor Dane memorabilia, you know, addicted collector. Who's like Taylor Dane. She's that bitch that was like she sang songs back in like the eighties. Which one? Um, I don't know what I'm doing. Did she do I think we're alone now? That was that Tiffany? That's Tiffany, yeah. Taylor Dayton, she sang some shit. I don't know. Look it up. Um but Wait, she had a fan club? I'm saying, who knows? Oh. This is how obscure this person is. Yeah. If you had a business and were uh investing in that person's memorabilia, yeah, you'd probably go bankrupt pretty quickly. Mm. Or if it was like I don't know Hitler memorabilia. No, that's although there's probably a market for that. That's just selling like hotcakes these days. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's weird. I don't know if I would spend like a lot of money on any memorabilia. And yeah. It's weird to think of people accruing like debt because they're like, I really wanted this baseball card. Yeah, I don't know how that, like, honestly, I don't know how that works. Because once something's worth so much money, Mm. it's not like somebody that has only that amount of money is going to 
by it, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's true. It's somebody that has a shit ton of money, and they're going to buy it, they're going to insure it, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that stuff's weird, man. Um, It is weird. I wanted to talk about this. Uh, We were talking about debt just now. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I was wondering, like, what happens to it, like, after you die? And I guess people, like, inherit your debt like they do your assets. Um, <clears throat> I was reading a story about this uh, New Zealand-based pizza company. Uh, and they're offering an uh, unusual proposition. Uh, you, you buy the pizza now, right? And then you, you pay it when you die. What? Yeah, uh, they're calling it af- afterlife pay. So, like, what do you pay it with? Well, so the pizza company is called Hell Pizza, right? <laughs> H-E-L-L. Uh, and the CEO said that he was inspired by the uh, buy now, pay later thing that people do. Okay. Uh he said he's seeing a growing number of people using that for essential items like food. And he thinks it's a step too far to allow this for, like, fast food restaurants. So, basically, he's saying, like... People are using, like, afterpay for McDonald's? Yeah, when you should be using it for, like, like the last resort. Like, oh, I gotta go get these groceries or whatever. But, like, they're using it, like, as a credit card. Like, I need these french fries right now. <laughs> But, so uh, instead, he's like, just get me when you croak. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is essentially what his company, Hell Pizza, is going to offer. Uh, they're going to do this in two countries, uh, New Zealand and Australia. Uh, and they will offer 666 customers in each country uh, access to the program, the Afterlife Pay program, uh, which will delay payments for pizza until after the customer dies. Uh, those chosen for the program have to sign a real amendment for their wills uh, that allows the accumulated costs of the pizzas to be collected upon death. Uh, no interest or fees will apply, and the, co- the contract will be legally binding. What in the actual fuck? Yeah. First of all... Why six six six? Just to be funny. Well, they're hell pizza, you know. So it's just like to be the funny. Devil? Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. With all the shit I've been researching, that seems like a little sus. What do you mean? Was well, that, that the real? Is that the real Pizzagate? Are they gonna come in when the person dies and take like their fucking eyeballs or something? Well, it depends how much pizza you ate in your. In yeah, your like what are they fucking getting life? paid in? Money. Where from? Where? From the person's estate. What if they don't have an estate? Well, you gotta have a will, I guess, in order to like apply for the program. So if somebody is too poor to get French fries, they're expecting that that person also has a will that costs like a thousand dollars to be prepared by a lawyer. Well, I don't think they're marketing this towards um, the people that are uh, buying French fries on credit cards. But that was what the guy said he was doing. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He named his pizza company Hell Pizza. But so, like, also, do what do they do after for after? So they only need six hundred and sixty six co- uh, customers in each country. Yeah, New Zealand and Australia. And then, what, so like, what's the rest of the business? 
everybody else has to pay for the pizza. But these guys get to have as many pizzas as they want, and they don't have to pay until they croak. Mm-hmm. You think that's a good business model? No, it seems shady as fuck. Yeah, I think so, too. What else would you use that in, though? Like, Well, that's what these people are doing now when they're freaking borrowing against their life insurance. Oh, yeah. Like, the, it's wild it's like to me that you mortgage. can... Yeah, like, you can reverse mortgage your life insurance. Yeah. Like, if you have life insurance for a million dollars and you run out of whatever Social Security or whatever your income is, mm-hmm. you can take the whatever your life insurance amount is mm-hmm. get that full amount now and then when you die the money gets paid to the company that gave you like the it's like you know when companies give you like the upfront money for your taxes right yeah yeah that's crazy I don't know like what if they come up with like a plan where you can like live forever or something and then like all the people that made contracts like that they're like sorry <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah, does that become... Well, maybe it becomes one of those things where they, like, hire assassins or That's something. what I'm saying. Yeah. They're fucking using 23 in me to try and find their pizza customers. We saw a video earlier of this guy uh, <laughs> taking uh, a saliva sample from his lizard and sending it to 23 Me. Well, they said it was, what, 47% Ashkenazi Jew? Yeah, and, like, 30, 40-something percent, like, uh, Eastern Asian or something like that. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty funny. They didn't even... That's... I really want to try it now. What? Like, as, as tempted as I am to, like, want to know, like... First of all, like, it would be funny to do it on, like, Champ. Well, they have it for your pets already. No, but I mean to send it to, like, a human place. And see if they could tell the difference. Yeah, like, yeah. would they send back, like, non-human DNA? Like, do you think that was really a real thing? Mm, I don't know. I feel know. like they would have detected that that was, like, not human. Well, would they have sent, like, a letter that said, like, ah, you guys got us or something? I don't know. Like, they could have... I don't know. This is too deep. Yeah. Is it? <sighs> I don't know. Everything just feels like a... Yeah, it feels like uh, a lot of these companies are going to, like, extreme lengths to get people in their stores or at least talking about them online. Yeah, yeah. The devil's involved in a lot of these. Yeah, which is really kind of crazy. And, like, you know, um, what I want to know is what it, what is the point of all this? Just capitalism? Yeah. It's that's what literally. And just like people is. are like people are cool with the devil now, so they're like, all right, come on out, BLs above. Yeah, where are they doing? You've been it? the devil for long enough. Or they're doing it for the reactionary reason oh, from the people that are on the other side. Yeah. yeah, just like what Target's doing with this, uh, with this gay stuff. Well, apparently their their gay stuff is made by Satan worshippers. Yeah. So it's like well, gay Satan worshippers on top. So I got I got a little bit more information about that. Um, yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, Target has been facing backlash uh, this month. The yeah, month for, of their, May. for their pride section. Yeah, they had a pride <laughs> section for, I guess, May is Pride Month, right? I thought it was June. I thought it was Asian American Heritage. I don't know. They, th- they I thought it was Nurses Month, and then it was like, you know, mm. Autism Awareness Month. Um, yeah, so Target had, uh, I guess, a line of different items not just clothing but like other things uh that they presented uh for pride month right 
Um, but then they started to receive like a backlash online uh, from all these like weird like Christian social media users. <laughs> and uh, they ultimately made the decision to pull a bunch of the items um, from the shelves. Um, but when people were asking about it, like, why'd you do that? Why'd you back down if you believed in it? Uh, they were saying that this was done for the protection of the workers that work there. Because apparently there's, like, an uptick in, like, customers coming in and, like, trying to start shit with these uh, workers that are just there trying to get through their day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they decided to pull most of the stuff off. I guess they have it, like, under review. Um, but they it, it says they have, like, more than 2,000 products that they were doing, uh, including clothing, books, music, and home furnishings. <laughs> um, gay home furnishings well I this what article it just like said, rainbow attire this article said that they had gender fluid mugs which I guess is <laughs> a mug that you put some type of gender fluid inside you of pee in it um, uh, queer all year calendars hell yeah um, and then they cited some books that were aimed at uh, two to eight year olds uh some of the titles were Bye Bye Binary, <laughs> uh, Pride 123, and uh, this last one just says, uh, I'm not a girl. <laughs> so, I don't understand what the big giant like hookup is all about for this. Um, People are trying to think that this is like indoctrinating the, their, their children, but they're cool with like like army guys and yeah fucking like little like ugly little girls getting like model like toys you know what i mean i mean you know you gotta keep that illusion going (laughs) i mean but like but also like pride gear for one month out of the year seems like such a fucking waste of like money like, yeah. you know well, what I mean? I mean, I would just, like, I love rainbows. I'll wear them whenever. Yeah. But, like... I want a queer all-year calendar. Me, too. Sounds awesome. Sounds... I love it. Um, but also, like, I don't understand, because what, what was happening in that, in that one video you showed me, you said the lady was, like, taking stuff from the adult section and then filming herself with it in the kids section. Well, yeah. So, well, first of all, Target's been celebrating the idea of Pride Month for more than 10 years. Uh, and this is, like, the first time that they've ever, like, did this. Like, pulled anything from the collections. Okay. Um, yeah, various Target Pride collection products are under review. However, the ones being removed immediately are from the LGBTQ brand Ab Pralin, uh, which is associated with British designer Eric Carnell. Uh, Carnell has previously faced backlash for designing merchandise with images of pentagrams, horned skulls, and other satanic images. Uh, Target is also reviewing certain transgender swimsuits. One swimsuit was advertised as having extra padding, uh, I guess around the crotch area, with another claiming that it was tuck-friendly. Uh, rumors online circulating claiming that these bathing suits were in the children's section, however, were proven false. So they didn't have those in, like, the kids' section. They were in the 
the ladies, la- ladies' house. They had them in the ladies' section? The tuck-friendly bikinis. Which, you know, it doesn't have to mean a dick. Right? You could have, like, some, When you like, said extra- padding, I automatically thought it was boob padding. Like, for, like, a... Oh, maybe... Well, I think they said it in the crotch, specifically. Well, I mean, all, of, like, swimsuits have boob padding anyway, so... Yeah. Well, most of them. But, like, who the fuck... Like, honestly, what is it? I... Yeah. Distraction, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because nobody really cares. These people... I swear there's, like, people in Target that are, like, causing a fuss. They have to be plants. There's no way Target lost the amount of money they're saying they did. No way. There's no no way the fucking Budweiser lost the amount of money they're saying they did. No. There's no way they even make that amount of money. Here's what happens, right? So they they create this controversy. You get half the people that come out and say, you know what? I agree with what they're saying. I'm going to start supporting them. So their sales go up, right? Then you get the other half that are like, I hate this. I don't like this. I'm going to go out and buy as much of this product as I can to destroy it. And then their sales go up, right? So it's all about that. I don't think it's anything deeper than them just trying to get money. You know what I mean? I mean, for Target, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, like, what's the, like, literally who the fuck cares? It's like, who? how do you have time for this? How do you have time to be in a Target fucking making TikToks about outrage? Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up and go do something productive. Also, like, hardly nobody that is part of that, like... Because uh, I... Th- I'm sorry, go ahead. Community, like, shops at Target for clothing. It's pretty basic, right? Like... Yeah. I don't think anybody with, like, some, like, semblance of fashion sense goes to Target and is like, let me check out what, what new sections they have to see, like, you know, if I can get some jeans or whatever. I don't know. What do they sell at Target? I mean, I'll go there for, like, basics. Like, if I know what I want yeah. and I know that they have it, I'll grab it. Yeah. But, like, for sure not fashion. I mean, ever they don't have any kind of handle on. Yeah. I don't think society does anymore, honestly, but. No. Um, These there's a lot I do see like in a lot a lot of like. What if Walmart does Walmart have a queer section? See they won't do that because Walmart is based out of Arkansas, and they know how to cater towards a certain demographic of the American populace. That's why they had a big giant Duck Dynasty line. Oh yeah, like, I forgot about that. Yeah, different blankets with Uncle Cy on it and stuff. I fucking love Cy. Yeah. I mean, minus all like that. I, I don't think he really said anything racist, did he? Mm, he or, might have something to say about these uh, tuck-friendly uh, bathing oh, suits. God damn it. Who cares? I mean, we weren't allowed to wear freaking regular bathing suits like a hundred years ago. Do you remember when men have used to have to wear like full onesies to the bath to like the to go bathing? Oh uh, yeah. It would be like a t-shirt and shorts. Like an oversized t-shirt, like, like baggy shorts. Yeah, like, that was just a one stripes. piece. Yeah. Like, and now they're worried about, like, tucking stuff? Yeah. I mean, like, whatever, man. But it, it's just hilarious that these people who, like, claim that they're so afraid of these companies indoctrinating their children will, like, allow their kids to be on their iPad all day or... Yeah. They'll take them to church. Or, or... they'll go to, uh, like, vacation Bible school for yeah. their whole life. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like... Yeah. It's, it's a selective uh, indoctrination. It's selective out- outrage. If it's indoctrination that, like, can fit comfortably into, like, a lifestyle that they want to live, then they'll they'll take it. Yeah. But if it, like, you know, if it questions that paradigm, then... 
it's also weird to have like uh children's clothing with satanic images on it quote unquote sold in target right yeah like i feel like if there's like a baby onesie with like hail satan on it sold at like spencer's like who cares right like in target it seems like a weird place to to find that type of stuff i mean do they have satanic stuff for like adults i don't know i've never like gone out shopping for satanic um apparel not that like you know whatever but like let's not uh get it twisted it's the papal bulls (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's right? the fucking Catholic Church dummies. Yeah. It's the sun god that you guys are all worshiping. Yeah. <laughs> like, say, Satan, call, you can call it Satan if you want. And it's just like, people get so freaked out when, like, people acknowledge that Satan exists. Yeah. Or if they exist. Yeah. Like, what is that? I don't know. I, it's in your, your, your book made him up. Now you're mad that somebody else is, uh... Yeah, is it just, like, another, like, interpretation of, like, anxiety from fear? Or, like... It's gotta be. Yeah. It's gotta be, because, like, if you're indoctrinated with hell being, like, the scariest possible... That's why I'm, like, on a fucking religion bender right now. Yeah. Just trying to, like, pull at all these different threads that we'll talk about. But it's because, like, I was indoctrinated into religion... Like, through no fault of my parents. I think they were just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And it was, like, a long time before I realized, like, oh, my God, I got to fucking pull all this programming out. And then when I pull all of it out, I'm like, fuck, I got to pull even more out because it's, you know, it's all connected. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, I don't think people even realize how much everything is connected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's wild. Um, But... To stay on that, like, religious kind of vibe. But I guess, I guess that I, in a way, I can get why these people are, like, pretending to be outraged. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't seem real. It really doesn't. I don't, it seems like a, like a, like a red herring or, like, a distraction from, I don't know what, but something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just weird to come at something so hard without, like, reviewing the things in your life that are also the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's just, it's really, really weird to me that, they, like, a lot of these people haven't reached that, like, stage of their human growth cycle yet. I yeah, mean, I everybody like, part gets of me re- feels like different. I don't even know if it's real. Like, I don't know. Like, far, part of me feel like it feels like it's fake outrage at first. And then people start getting, like, well, there's, there's upset real, about it. There's people out there that are, like, real people that are really upset that th- they feel that the company Target is trying to take their, their children and turn them into something that they don't agree with. Right? First of all... How's your fucking kid getting into Target without you? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I went five years without entering a Target until mm. yesterday. So, like, you don't have to go to fucking Target. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's true. It's not, it just, it's, it's selective outrage. And it's just like, it, it honestly, it's making the sales go up. I, it has to be like, it has to be like an inside job almost. Maybe, yeah. You know, like it the, has the to. Budweiser Dylan Mulvaney thing definitely was. Yeah. One hundred percent. That was like a, a planned thing. They knew people were going to react to it. They probably didn't know Kid Rock was going to get involved, but <laughs> who does? But um, 
Yeah, I think they 100% knew. Target may, maybe had the best interest in mind. Like, mm. they were just trying to... Come on. But again, they're just a capitalistic company that's trying to get their bottom dollar up, so... Yeah, they don't care what it is that sells as long as it sells. They're not really worried about the ethics behind it, obviously. It's fucking yeah. Target. <laughs> that's True. another thing. It's like all these like young people, the younger generation, you think that they would be more worried about the fact that the earth is fucking dying. Yeah. And maybe we shouldn't be buying stuff for every goddamn holiday. Yeah. <laughs> like, why aren't we talking about that? But, no. um, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, people still buy into these like weird... Is it maybe it's like a traditional thing? Uh, we were talking last week about the, a little bit about the Saint Ubaldo festival. Oh yeah, let's talk more about that because I wanted you to look into it more. Yeah, so I looked into it a little bit more, um, and there's some crazy shit that I think, once I tell you about this, you're gonna want to like go down that like road. Nice. To like learn a little bit more, um, but I'll save that part for the end. Um, but for those of you listening at home, uh, St. Ubaldo Day uh, is like a festival that happens uh, in two places. Uh, Gubbio, Italy, <laughs> and uh, Jessup, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's also known as the Festa di Siri, or the Siri Festival, C-E-R-I. Okay. Uh, it was originally celebrated in the Italian town of Gubario. Um, and it was brought over by Italian immigrants, uh, when they came to Jessup, PA. Okay. Um, it honors the life of the Bishop Ubaldo Baldassani. Okay. A lot of bald in there. Let's hear about him. Uh, he was canonized as a protector of the city of Gubbio. Gubbio? G-U-B-B-I-O. Gubbio. Gubbio. Marco Gubbio? Oh, no. In Italy, it is celebrated on the eve of his death anniversary, which is May 15th. Um, okay. But Jessa PA celebrates it on the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. Um, the procession through the streets includes small statues of St. Ubaldo, St. George, and St. Anthony, in that order. Uh, they're mounted to wooden, pe- wooden pedestals, and they're hoisted by a team of Serioli, uh, runners, clad respectively in either yellow, blue, or black. Okay. In Gubbio, uh, here's the difference <laughs> between the two things. Um, Gubbio! <laughs> in Gubbio, uh, the procession ends by carrying the statue to the Basilica Mount Ingino. That's one of the basilicas in uh, Gubbio, Italy. Okay. Um, there's a competition that occurs... Uh, St. Ubaldo runners try to... Uh, okay, so the competition occurs as the St. Ubaldo's runners try to close the Basilica doors before St. George and Anthony can join Ubaldo inside. So basically, it's like, I think St. Ubaldo wins every time. But okay. they do a thing where they're like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to get there first. They're like, oh, we're going to get there. And then St. Ubaldo goes in and they try to like close the door before the other guys come in. In Italy. This is all in Italy. They don't do this anymore. What? But what it so he's just the 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 protector of that one area? Yeah, he, I guess he was like I guess like canonized as the saint of that area, like the guy hit their hero. Is that when they take the body and they shove it into a cannon and then like blast it over the area? Mm, 
Did they have cannons back then? I thought that's what canonized mean. Mm, Meaned. Um. Here's oh, okay. I'm not gonna save this for and actually this is this is the interesting part that's gonna get you, uh, interest interested in reading into this more. Okay. Uh, and after I tell you this, I'm gonna go into what they do in the American part of the festival. Okay. Um, but last thing about the Italian Saint Ubaldo festival or day, uh, the event may be a survivor of a similar rite of passage, described, in the pre-Christian. Inguvin tablets? Spell it. I-G-U-V-I-N-E. And these were pre-Christian tablets that were found in the city of Gubbio. Okay. In Italy. And uh, they described, like, uh, different religious uh, uh, rites of passage. Okay. Um, in a language that was, like... Made, for, I think I got more detail on that later. Anyway, you're gonna want to look into these tablets because uh, they have something to do with the stuff that you're gonna be talking about later. But we'll do that after. Okay. Um. So anyway, in Jessup, PA, uh, where they celebrate this, uh, back in the 1800s, the coal industry was growing. Um. So a lot of Italian immigrants from Gubbio and other communities in the Umbria region uh, decided to come from Italy and settle in that area of Jessup, PA, which is like a suburb of Scranton. Okay. Where they shot the office. Kind of close to maybe where Papa Joe lives. Oh, maybe, yeah. Dark Brandon might live close to there. Um, the tradition started uh, in 1909, and it continued into 1952. Uh, then they stopped it in 1952. Okay. Um, but then it was revived 24 years later. Uh, the event begins with music at the local high school, followed by a ceremony at the local Catholic Italian cemetery. Uh, then members of all three teams gather uh, for a frittata breakfast. <laughs> and then they go to church for another mass. Uh, yeah, I go to page two of my notes. Uh, this is still uh, St. Ubaldo Day in Jessup. Um, after they do that mass, uh, they do a thing called the alzata, which I guess like the Spanish word would be like, like alta, like to, to, to help up. Spell that? A-L-Z-A-T-A. Okay. Um, but basically the, the three stages are stangas, which are the H shaped platforms. They're placed on the team's shoulders. Those are the things that like hold the um, the statues. Okay. Um, and are stood vertically as the large pedestals are fashioned onto them with wooden legs. Um, the American ones weigh about 400 to 450 pounds. How many people are on each team? I guess whoever wants to uh, like participate, they probably have like a specific number for each one. Dang. But the American one's 400 to 450 pounds. The Italian one is 900 pounds. So it's twice the amount in Italy. Because <laughs> they're, they're realer men yeah. out there. Um, and it's supposed to be reminiscent of the thing that carried uh, St. Ubaldo himself uh, through Gubbio in proclamation of his heroism. Uh, the saint statues are fixed after the capodici, or the team captains, 
climb atop the cross members where they bless the structures with holy water from a broca, which is a ceramic vase sent directly from Gubbio. What? Yeah. What's, so what's it filled with? Holy, holy water? water? Holy water from Gubbio. The thing that holds it has to be from Gubbio. Okay. Um, and then they spend the afternoon uh, socializing with neighbors, uh, many households assembling in their yards and sidewalks, offering homemade food and wine to passersby. During these hours, the saints are carried leisurely through the, throughout the town on display and for practice. You know what? That reminds me of that thing that they were doing in the Mayans MC. Remember where they were carrying those saints in that like Mexican uh, festival? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? Is that uh, similar? All Saints Day. Was that is that a similar thing? You think? Well, maybe. Yeah, I think. Well, the one that they're doing in Mexico is like one specific one. I think. Hmm. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, but so anyway, uh, the procession is the main event of the day. Um, and it's considered a race because of its uh, fast pace and level of excitement. Uh, the race starts uptown, goes through the business district, and then ends up at Station Park on the opposite side of town. And then the course is then reversed. And then before they get to the end of it, they turn towards uh, the Veterans Memorial Stadium. Uh, the team circles the field three times for something called the I Trey Geary. Uh, you spell that I and then a new word T R E and then a new word G I R I. Hmm. Um, and then St. Ubaldo always wins. Um, yeah, and that's what they do in the American one. But going back to those tablets, uh, I researched it a little bit and they were basically tablets that they said included. Uh, the Roman concept of the trilogy deity that became like prevalent throughout all Christianity. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that stuff is in these tablets, which they have currently on display in Gubbio right now. So. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Yeah. You might want to look into that. I have to. <laughs> what are they written in? Do they say? Um, a language that you was start- an offshoot of Latin, but it was uh, kind of just used in the Umbria region. And I guess it's I guess it's called like um, Umbriganese or something like that. I don't know. But it would be like a t- like old Italian kind of like a t- like a mix between like Latin Phoenician and perhaps. Maybe yeah. Pretty cool though, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So anyway. I mean maybe, but like what's the point of it? I don't understand what what Gubbio did, or what uh what uh. Ubaldo really did to save them. No, yeah, I don't. They I never say that. They never say like he got like you know. Yeah, it's not like the Irish like uh. What was that guy? Patrick Saint Patrick. Or yeah, they still really haven't said what he did either. They yeah. said that he drove the snakes out, but that meant the pagans that didn't believe in the Christian God. Oh uh, yeah. All the people that had uh, extra tuck space in their swimsuits. Yeah. Racist. Ain't no tucking in Christ. No, or Ireland. Um, but yeah, so that's crazy. They still celebrate that. That's just another example of like. So they're sister cities. They're sister cities, yeah. Wow. Jessup, PA, and. Uh, I wonder if they're like on the map. If they have like any relationship to each other, like geographically, like are maybe are they at the same like latitude or longitude? Mm, you know what I mean? Like maybe, yeah. 
It's possible. That would be that would be interesting to look into. Yeah, but I definitely think you should look more into these tablets. Oh, I'm going to. It's gonna blow your mind when you read some of that. <laughs> some at, yo. But anyway, my the, mind is blown. The trilogy thing has to do with the three uh, saints that they're using. So Saint Anthony, Saint George, and yeah. Saint Ubaldo. Yeah. Which I think are just placeholders for the, you know, collective three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, 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 all that. So, so they're like the spirits, whoever you want it to be. Or whatever. Well, St. Ubaldo wins all, every time. So whichever one he's supposed to represent, <laughs> that's the winner. But okay. let's uh, talk about uh, more of this religious stuff that you've been researching. You've been uh, <sighs> fast away studying these things yeah see like i kind of went down like a bunch of rabbit holes and the thing is when you do that is that it doesn't always kind of like go together but i'm gonna try and like make it best make the best bow that i can okay all right so a couple weeks ago wait hold on can i do a joke no you're not gonna laugh this time i'm not gonna laugh i'm gonna do a joke okay uh i'm all beers you know like instead of all ears Oh, like, like you had a bunch of beers? I'm all beers. Do you think they... No, I'm not even going to put that on t-shirt. Like bears? No, beers. For Budweiser, you think Budweiser might want to use that? Mm, you know what? They, I'm, I might cut that out so they can't get the idea from me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Don't go ahead. Uh, so last week, well, I kind of... for Oh, so... I had a, I had an idea that came to me mm-hmm. because my running theory as I'm doing my research is like I said there's a um like the earth is older not older the people are older than the earth not the earth Jesus Christ people are older than we have records the human of. race is the older human, than what you, yeah the human race has been here for a lot longer than what than we what think. we're told yeah and that there's been civilization upon civilization that have pretty much lived through the same patterns mm-hmm. throughout time. Okay, yeah. So the earliest record, really, that we have of anything at all is, like, the 300s BCE. I guess that's after Christ or okay. whatever. But Of, like, verifiable, like, written things. That's the thing. Verifiable, quote-unquote. Quote yeah. Because I, my first question... Not even my first question, but one question I had was, how many times have there been, like, book burnings? And yeah. instances where everything that was known was that was written down was burnt. Um, I so, know, library... So huh? Not talking about, like, just a local community burning, like, you know... No, I wanted to know more of, a, like, a massive scale, like, where this was scale, ordered yeah. to be burnt. I yeah. was under the impression that around the time of King James, that one of... That they ordered, like, book burnings. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was, like, one thing or they just had, like, different instances where they were burning, like, all of these things and then all of the... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But Alexandria was is, like, the first one that we know of. And that happened in, like, 48 BCE. The burning of the Library of Alexandria. The burning of the Library of Alexandria. Yeah. Which, so... To start with that... <laughs> So, Alexandria was, like, 48 BCE, mm-hmm. and during that time, there was a group 
that was described by a Jew- Jewish philosopher in his book called um, De Vida Contempl- Contemplativa, which means the contemplative life. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was the primary source about information about these people that I was telling you about last week who were called the Therapeutae. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Okay. So the author, um, Philo of Alexandria, mm-hmm. um, he said that the Therapeutae were the best of a kind of given, I'm sorry, <laughs> the best of a kind given to perfect goodness that exists in many places in, in the inhabited world. The author derives the name Therapeutae from the Greek word in the sense of cure or worship. Hmm. Um, so this is, hold on. This is where it's going to be a little bit uh, of me going back and forth. So people that were also in this, like, group of people that are therapeutic mm-hmm. were the therapeutes, the Essenes, like we talked about. Okay. The ascetics, all monks, the ecclesiastics, eclectics, Gnostics, Jesuits, and the Pythagoreans, the Dionysians. And a couple of gymnosophists who I don't know who they are. Okay. Anyway, so the, all these people were, quote unquote, the therapeutic. Collectively. Collectively. So, um. Wait, does that mean like everybody that was part of those was also part of this thing? Or was there select people from each of those that was part of this thing? I'm trying to find like exactly how to explain it to you. I'm trying to find something. So what it is, is all of these people, the therapeutic were, um, they were students of the University of Alexandria. Okay. And the University of Alexandria was set up in ways like a hierarchy where like the more closer, you know, you, you, the more you studied, you got to more information. Yeah. So, like, you could only get to certain information based on, like, where you were in that hierarchy. Mm. So, the therapeutic had done all the studying. And they'd become, like, a master of um, all the, the like, medicinal, medicinal arts. Okay. And, okay. That's probably where therapy comes from? Yes. Okay. So, let me read this. The first and greatest library that ever was in the world was at Alexandria in Egypt. The first of that most mischievous of all institutions, universities, was the University of Alexandria in Egypt, where lazy monks and wily fanatics first found the benefit of clubbing together to keep privileges and advantages of learning to themselves and concocting holy mysteries and inspired legends to be dealt out as the craft should need for the perpetuation of ignorance and superstition and consequently of the ascendancy of jugglers and Jesuits, holy hypocrites, and reverend rogues among men. Hmm. So, how do you interpret that? I was interpreting it as, like, these are the guys that, that like, that started it. If, if they decided, hey, look how much easier it is to get something compl- like accomplished... If we can use our knowledge of something greater mm-hmm. to trick people into thinking of like a god, a god thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, um, this the same guy that wrote that last quote said, "In the early times of the professions of medicine, divinity. I'm sorry. In the early times of the professions." 
medicine and divinity were inseparable. So they're learning medicine there, but practicing it as like magicians. Right, like religion and medicine were intertwined into. They one were thing. intertwined into one thing, yeah, and that's yeah. why they, in the Bible you call you see Jesus called the physician. Mm. It's like he was just basically like taking advantage of like Hicks. Okay. Gotcha. In the countryside, right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, it says we read of the divinity student studying medicine in the school or Library of Alexandria, to which all persons resorted, who were afterwards to practice in either way on the weak in body or the weak in mind amongst their fellow creatures. The Therapeutes, or Essenes, as their name signifies, were expressly professors of the art of healing, an art in those days necessarily conferring the most mystical sanctity of charity on all who were endued with it and most convenient of all others for the purposes of, of imposture and wanderment. So what I think is these people are going to schools, these mystery schools, to learn the secrets of medicine. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, like, so they're doctors. Like, this is the cult of doctors. This is the okay. cult of, like, so it, if I'm looking at it in, like, a holistic, the whole world, right? Mm-hmm. Look at every institution that we have. You have to have some sort of degree to work in it, right? Yeah. Like, you have to have letters after your name. Mm-hmm. And I think it's all kind of like an allegory of the Library of Alexandria. Like, whatever d- degree you are is a degree of whatever level you're allowed to... Exactly, and like the Masons. Mm-hmm. The Masons are degrees like that. Like, yeah. Hmm. Let's see that level of access you're allowed to have on, like, the... On the collective, I think. Yeah. In yeah. the in this paradigm, yeah. in in the paradigm where this is true. Okay. And I don't know, but it seems like it because if you have to do some sort of initiation with each one of those, whether it be a college or um, the skull and bones shit. Skull and bones, like you get into a fraternity. They do. They make you do gay stuff, I think. Well, whatever. But you're even even just paying to go there. Is a, is a sacrifice in and of itself oh, yeah. to be a part of it because they look at money as a sacrifice as well. Mm. So it just seems like in all aspects of this society, you have to pay to play, right? Yeah, yeah. And if somebody's coming around with like uh, something that can cure everybody, even if it's common knowledge for most people, mm-hmm. it might not be for like the village in a small part of town where nobody's heard of it before. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I think that's kind of how Jesus like worked miracles mm. was like just knowing more stuff yeah, than yeah. most people. Yeah, I can see that. So I took a lot of jumps there. Um, and I was kind of like reading into different people that talked about the therapeutic. And it was weird to me because a lot of the saints that I was looking up in Christianity have names that are like, did they get their names from it? Because the first guy's name was St. Epiphanius. Gesundheit. Like Epiphany? Yeah. Epiphanius? Epitaphio. Epiphanius of Salamis. Salamis? That was his name, yeah. (laughs) Does that mean King Um, of Salamis? Epiphanius, I think, is his first name. Mm. But like, did they did they get the word epiphany 
from his first name. Yeah, probably. Um, and he was one of the first. He was a Greek bishop um, around the end of the fourth century, and he was the fir- one of the first people or clerics in the Christian religion that um, started to take up an issue with religious images. So, like, you remember in the Bible, well, not remember, but you, I think it says something like you shouldn't worship graven images or something like yeah, that. Something about iconography or something. Iconography. Yeah. And there was a bunch of wars in the church about, there's a bunch, it's called iconography. There's a whole study on, on the different people that fought for religious iconography and, and fought against it. Yeah. So, um,. This guy, Epiphanius, wrote something called the Panarium, which was like a list of all the heresies of his time, what he saw as heresies, and he thought I- religious icons were one. Mm-hmm. And um, one of his... So, I don't know how I got to this next guy. I think it was because he was like a, stu- a student of this Epiphanius. Mm-hmm. Is this guy named St. John of Damascus. Um and he was known as the doctor of assumption mm-hmm. <laughs> or the doctor of the church, like the physician, like therapeutic. <laughs> John so, Cena was known as the right. doctor of So listen, he's known as the last of the Greek fathers. Mm-hmm. He was against iconography. Mm-hmm. His icon is the severed hand. Mm-hmm. And the severed hand symbolizes um, violations of creative creation or the use of tools. That's what they used to do to, uh, to pirates before they hung them. They would cut one of their hands off. So they couldn't like uncut themselves or something. Well, I think that's where the uh, rumor was that they had like hooks for hands. Like all the pirates had hooks for hands. Oh. Because like one of your payments was like you either go to jail for like a long time or. They let you go, but they're going to cut one of your hands off. Well, that's what happened to this St. John of Damascus guy. Yeah. Um, but all the, the main source of the information on the life of that guy was attributed to another Jewish guy named John of Jerusalem, who is identified as the patriarch of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got to another guy, um, St. Methodius of Olympus, who was another martyr of the church in the 3rd and 4th century. And um, he wrote against this guy named Porphyry. Do you remember we talked about the Porphyry when I was telling you about the coronation, that it meant purple? Yeah, yeah. So this guy Porphyry, the Neapolitanist or something, um, he published this thing called Against Christians. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was a philosopher of the Neapol... Whatever, I can't... I can't, um... Talk it to the microphone. I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> so, he is a Roman-Phoenician Neoplatonic philosopher. And his name is Porphyry of Tyre. Mm-hmm. P-O-P-H-Y-R-Y of Tyre. Which is crazy, because this didn't even come up when I was looking about looking up purple and, like, the roots of it in order to like figure out about the coronation this yeah. guy's name didn't come up so he wrote a thing criticizing the writings of christian philosophers and theologians due to widespread censorship by christian imperial authorities no known copies of his books exist but um uh the contents of the book as quoted by some guy named jerome 
this guy Porphyry mocked Paul and the early Christians while suggesting that the magical arts performed by Jesus of Nazareth and his followers were nothing special and done similarly of other figures of the Greco-Roman history. He said, he did it all for money. They were poor country-dwelling men, talking about the people that Jesus, like, preached to. Mm-hmm. Seeing that they used they used to have nothing, certain wonders were worked with magical arts. Not that it is unusual, however, to do wonders, for the magicians in Egypt also did wonders against Moses. Um, but anyway, basically, he just said, like, Jesus was a magician. Right. And he was just performing tricks for people. Hmm. Um, and then he wrote something about the prophecy of Daniel, um, because Jews and Christians pointed to the historical fulfillment of his prophecies as he, as a decisive argument on the validity of it being a real document. Mm -hmm. And this Porphyry guy said, Daniel did not foretell the future so much as as he related the past. And lastly, that whatever he spoke of up till the time of Antiochus, I guess that was the time that he died. Um, contained authentic history where anything he may have conjectured beyond that point was false in as much as he would not have known the fu- foreknown the future. So th- all these people are saying that this stuff's a forgery and they've been like written out of um, like Christian stuff. Mm. So um, let me get back to this guy though. So Porphyry of Tyre, he's a philosopher um, born in Roman Phoenicia. Dorman, during Roman rule, um, and he was a student of some philosophy guy. Um, his parents named him Malchus or Malchus. In, a, in the Semitic language, it means king. Okay. And then he changed his name to Basilius, which means king in Greek. Mm. And his nickname in, was Porphyrius, which me, meant to be clad in purple okay. later in life. So, um, I just thought it was funny that we are using purple now for the Christian sovereign of the, of the world. And this poor Ferris who purple was named after was writing the books that were against Christianity. Yeah. Um, all these things are filled with contradictions. Yeah. Like, so this guy, well, the, the guy that took up issue with iconography ended up having his hand up chopped off and then not use as an icon. Mm. Well, and no, and not only that, the story was that he regrew that hand because he pl- prayed to like the picture of the Virgin Mary and she regrew the hand for him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this guy that came out against that stuff is the person that was then canonized or whatever, venerated mm. as uh, the detached limb hand. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I have more studying to do before I start talking more about this stuff because it's so much, but it just seems like what I'm gathering mm-hmm. is that like all the stories out of the Bible are kind of derivations of the Stories that came before? Stories that came before them. Yeah. Like, obviously. Yeah. Like, it's so obvious, it's crazy. Yeah. And um, they're just trying to cover that up. So, there's all these different cults out there, and I'm like, but, like, why, right? Mm. 
what purpose are they serving? The cults? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's to, what, like, I mean, I can get the societal cult or whatever it is to put everybody into a construct, right? Mm -hmm. You have, like, police officers, you know, officials, teachers, uh, lawyers, whatever. All the people that in your neighborhood. Yeah. I can see how they would build an organization where for some, you know, where in some way they could trick everybody into kind of, like, doing what they want. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like a society-wide type of... Like programming? Yeah, like like um. It's possible. Like a book burning, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, how... Like, I said this before, but how many generations does it take before we really don't know the truth about anything of what happened? Yeah. Like, I don't think we could say more than, like, a few years. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to think about, right? Yeah, I mean, this stuff's happening in the 4th century BCE. Yeah. That's like, what, 3,000 years ago? I don't understand the BC and BCE time difference. And I know there's some, like, a good two or 300-year discrepancy of, like, what we're, year we're really on yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of shit. Yeah, there is. Um... Yeah. Oh, and then, like, I, um, what did I also want? I, no, you know what, fuck it. I don't know. I don't remember what I wanted to say. We can't end like that, though. How about we end on this? You ready? Mm-hmm. How about Anthony Jesuit? Oh, like the, like a, the com- comedian? Like a comedian, but he's like a, like a heretic or something. Well, now are they're not even considered heretics. They're they're part of the the Jesuits. There we have a Jesuit pope. That was never supposed to happen. Was there a specific rule against that? I think so. There's some rules in there that I mean. There's so many fucking rules and amendments. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they started the Church of England to get out of the the Christian Church's rules. Should have just gave him that divorce. Like I have to go through so many councils in Nicaea to try and figure out like what the fuck happened. Like I'll get back to you, but I'm pretty sure they're all in the same cult. Yeah, we're all giving a little bit of something to something there. Yeah, you know, I I, I still I'm still convinced that that placenta thing is is uh, onto something. The guy with his placenta theory, I think he's onto something. The guy that you were listening to in that podcast? Well, he wrote a book. The, the guy that wrote that right of way book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's he not wrote... about driving? No, oh. no. <laughs> um, Too bad that guy that passed, cut, cut you off didn't read that. The right of way? No, it was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I think it's real because then I pulled up that picture today, which was a Michelangelo picture on the Sistine Chapel and it was called like Original Sin. Oh yeah. And it looks like it's a tree of life with Adam and Eve next to it. Yeah. But that shit looks like a umbilical cord. Yeah, it kinda does. It really does. I noticed it after you said it. I didn't think of that before, but after you said it I definitely saw it. And then I'm like, okay, so then but and then up until recently, the Catholic Church was in charge of most hospitals, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, that's true. 
what are we doing with all the body parts and the blood? I want to know. I think they're, I mean, motherfuckers love a blood sacrifice. They're donating them to the St. Ubaldi Festival. Oh, shit. You think that's where they're going? I don't know. It might be. We got to go check that out when you're. Yeah. It's only a couple hours away from here. Yeah. We don't have to carry it, though, right? I'm going to, and then, like, I'm going to, like, slip. <laughs> you didn't try and get Anthony up there first? Uh, should I do Would that? it be funny if they put the wrong saint up there? You know, what do you think would happen? Is we come up with our own saint, and we get in there first, and we lock the door before any of the other three can get in there. Mm. And then, whoever, like, comes in with us, free pizza. Free pizza. From Hell Pizza. Mm. There's your pizza gate. There's your pizza gate. All right, guys. All right, this has been an actual podcast. Yeah, what do you think about this name? I don't, you, what was the name you wanted to, to title this? I wanted to call it We Don't Need Another Hero. I was thinking about uh, No Laughing Blabber. Because I didn't laugh this whole time. Yeah. We'll think, we'll think. We'll talk about we'll it. Talk about it. All right, guys. Thank I you. wanted to be like a little bit more like you know, I I wanted to venerate Tina Turner a little bit more. Oh yeah, yo, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Queen. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace. See ya. really stink. We were just singing the baby to sleep. Wake up, little Betty Bice. Have you been Betty Bice? It was waking me up. When I lay me down to sleep. When the soul identifies with Maya, it forgets. Thus the soul is temporarily in darkness. It is deluded, and it dreams the mortal dream. Becoming increasingly involved and confused, the soul remains bound up with the world. The intuitive faculty becomes suppressed and its perception of truth blotted out.